1: or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
2: Sports Radio 610 presents Seth Payne and Sean Pendergast. we
3: have come to 8th time. Let's
2: get the work here, man. Let's go. Great day. Great day. Oh, give me some juice, baby. Hey, what's happening, everybody? Happy Wednesday to all of you. Nice to be with you. Appreciate you getting up with us. We are with you until 10 a.m. this morning. I'm Sean Pendergast. He is Seth Payne. Good morning, my friend. How are you? Good morning.
3: I don't, What uh, Are we Are we doing an official celebration for the anniversary that you told me Happy about?
2: Happy Mikoversary today. Yeah, we're going to celebrate it big time at 7 o'clock today. But okay. today is the... Today is the one-year anniversary of the day that changed the Tex- the Texans franchise.
3: So this is the day we found out that D'Amico would be hired. Yep, but not the not the official the day that he showed up and the coronation took place today. a
2: day or two later. Yeah, but okay. uh, but today was I I, I I googled it to make sure. I googled yesterday Texans hired D'Amico Ryan's and every article was dated January thirty first, two thousand twenty three. So today uh. is officially Versary.
3: Does it feel longer or shorter than a year?
2: It feels. It feels like we've crammed a whole lot of stuff into a year. That's what I'll say. Yeah.
3: Yeah. It still feels like a year. Yeah. It just feels like it's been a very eventful year. There've been different. You know what? Uh, It's like the origins of the universe, where uh, entire eras were uh, born out just in in milliseconds. That's how it felt. Yep. It felt like the there were there were millions of years packed into each one of these months because there was the D'Amico being hired, but then there was the long stretch of. People speculating that the Texans weren't going to take a quarterback at all. You know, Nick Casario is going to get fired. All these various dramas that unfolded and played out before training camp even began. Then you have the training camp when, oh no, Bryce Young is left out ahead because he's starting for the Panthers. Yeah.
2: Yeah, he was named the starter and CJ Stroud was in a competition, air quotes, with Davis Mills and Case Keenum.
3: I heard they're going to put a banner up in Carolina Stadium for that. First starting, they won the they won the QB race in <laughs> yep. 2022 for it to name the starter. Yeah. They named it
2: quicker. They name when you name, of course, when you name the, him the starter, the second he steps off the plane coming from the draft, it's hard to beat that. That's the fastest you can possibly do it. But yeah, today is the day, man. Today, one year anniversary, and and I would say it feels like. We've we've done a lot of stuff in 365 days, man. A lot of stuff. To say it feels longer than a year, there's always like a negative implication with that. You know, like, oh, yeah, yeah. God, it feels like it's five years already. No, it feels like a lot got done this year.
3: I was watching some video on YouTube early this morning about uh, basically how to how to get four times as much done in a year. And I clicked on it because I thought... Why not? Why not? And uh, yeah, sure. Maybe I'll pretend I'm one of those people for a little bit. And uh, the the whole theory of this guy was, was that you got to treat a year like it's, uh, <laughs> you know how you accomplish four times as much in a year, Sean? Mm, how? You, you just do as much as a year in three months. Yeah. Okay. Simple. Duh. And then, and then you do another. So your year is 12 weeks long. Dude. And uh, it, was, it was better than that. There was, was more to it than just that. Okay,
2: but, <laughs> I feel like you're lining some guy's pockets right now with that click. It's almost like, like,
3: I'll teach you how to run twice as fast. <laughs> how do I do that? Run faster. <laughs> 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 yeah, like, if there was some
2: secret formula. We'd have that by now. That's funny. That's funny. So <laughs> I, I, I would, You know what I would have written down, Seth? You know how I can get more done in a year? Stop. Clicking on YouTube videos, yes, exactly. Promising that's exactly me what things. I was thinking. Yeah, that's what
3: I've. It's one of the biggest things you can learn and grow from in uh, in the modern era. It's like okay. When to put down the the TED Talk? Like when to? <laughs> the, the, okay, the motivations only the motivational videos are only working if you actually stop watching the motivational videos. <laughs> exactly. If you watch if you watch it's 17 a, in a row, you're gonna feel super motivated and frustrated it, all at the it, same it's time. It's
2: a horrible catch 22. There's yeah. no, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. So regardless,
3: I yeah. feel like D'Amico did compress. Like uh, an entire year into 12 week periods. Yeah. One after the other after the other. Got
2: a lot done, man. Got a lot yeah. done. We'll so talk. he did. He probably watched that video. He, he probably. We'll have to ask him if we see him. Hey, do did you, did you happen to click on this YouTube video? Because it sure just, <laughs> does seem like you got a lot done this year. Um, I did
3: watch it at 1.75 speed, Sean. Okay. That makes you feel better.
2: Yeah. Yeah. What speed do you listen to your audiobooks on again?
3: Um. It, it depends on the content and everything. Okay. Um, but usually somewhere between two and two to four. Oh I get, I'll get up to four if I'm like re-listening to you, something. How do you and even hear what get, they're saying? You just pick it up over time. You do? It's like the Matrix. Yeah. Okay. You just, uh, after a while, all the every, all the little syllables start to make, it's like the Kadarius Tonio audio, like the Kadarius Tony audio the other day. We should you play that sped to, up. You,
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. <You should start, laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, somebody came up to me out and about over the last couple of weeks. They're like, what speed does Seth listen to his audiobooks on again? Did he say three times? And I said, yeah. I think he did. Like I, it, Two blows like a, my mind.
3: After three, it gets uncomfortable. Yeah. That has to be usually something that I've already listened to like, right. two or three times. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just kind of reviewing it in my brain. Yeah. You, it's almost like reading an outline or something. Gotcha.
2: Um, Houston Sports Awards last night uh, was the... C.J. Stroud Invitational. We've joked the last few years have been the Astro Invitational because they've been the only good team in town professionally here. Yeah. Um, if last night is any indication, C.J. Stroud owns this town. <laughs> and I'll say – and I'll, here's why. Well, first of all, he won every big award. He was Newcomer of the Year. He was Athlete of the Year. He and Will Anderson getting drafted, Moment of the Year. So he swept those three awards he was up for. But even more than that, like any time they were announcing nominees – and he was one of them, yeah. by far the biggest cheers. By far. Oh, really? Anytime. Oh, okay. yeah. And he was up against some very popular Houston athletes. You know, he's, up, he's up against Kyle Tucker for, for Athlete of the Year. He's, he's up against Yiner Diaz and, and Jabari Smith Jr. for Newcomer of the Year. Tank Dell was one of the nominees for Newcomer. Mm-hmm. Noticeably louder applause. Um, anytime they showed a highlight reel of Houston sports, you know they had a long like two- or three-minute video of just all the highlights in town here this year. And... The CJ highlights, biggest pop of the night, you know? Um, it was a it was a celebration of CJ last night.
3: I, I'll tell you just honestly, it, it really is amazing <laughs> how amped up people are for CJ. Just it was simple things like that that Doritos ad that he did. I like uh, Tyler Milner just tweeted out uh, uh, a little blurb about that oh the Cheetos commercial Cheetos, excuse yeah. me. Um and that got like that got wild engagement. It uh, people people are excited about that that uh, um why do I want yeah I keep wanting to say Doritos that Cheetos ad by CJ Stroud. Yeah. So, yeah, this is uh it feels you know, I was trying to compare it to what it felt like with Deshaun Watson and everything was a little bit weird with Deshaun because of the torn ACL. So, there was a lot more Uncertainty perhaps about everything not to mention just that like Bill O'Brien in some ways had already driven a wedge between himself and the fan base in Mm -hmm. some regards whether that's fair or not to to describe it that way. I I think this the fact that D'Amico and CJ came in together and like so much of CJ's success was of the like conventional QB variety like like he's he. Advanced through kind of this, the stages of QB development in three years. It wasn't just a kid that made some great plays and ran around really well and showed an instinct for the game. It was like, no, he actually was like putting out the refined product by the end of the year. And that just, it feels more substantial. And, and, and he's also healthy, unlike Deshaun at the Yeah, end he's healthy. Game. He's super yeah.
2: likable. He's very humble. Um, and it was.
3: And don't get me wrong, people were super excited about the show. Of course, it just, yeah. It, it just feels different in a way. It
2: does. No. It, it well. And I think I, I think people. F- I, I think, think you touched on it. I think people feel better about two things that are directly tied to C.J. Stroud, the trajectory of the franchise, and his head coach. I yeah. mean, that that's that that's a big part of it too. So um, there's just overall good vibes with the team right now. So you know you're, you're kind of riding that wave.
3: So how did Lance McCullers do last night? Lance,
2: very solid. Very solid job. I would say on par with Bregman last year. Bregman, I mean, you were part of the presentation last year, so you were. I mean, you you had the headphones on. There, my my earpiece, your IFB, there. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I. You know, we didn't have that sort of insight this year. Um. But just as a spectator, there, I thought Lance did a good job. Um. Two things. He made a self-deprecating injury joke right out of the shoot. Oh, that's yeah. He said, "I'm Lance McCullers. I'm a pitcher for the Houston Astros. I just want everybody to know I'm not retired." Um. Yeah. You know. Something to that effect. So that was good. He did that right he out, that out. of the Occasionally.
3: Shoot. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Like very self-deprecating. Right out of the shoot. Bigger plus. Um, he kind of, he kind of butchered his uh acknowledgement of Lance Berkman a little bit. Mm-hmm. In that um, and Lance Berkman, of course, former Astro great, went into the Houston Sports Hall of Fame last night. He was great. His speech was a whole lot of fun, especially because he kept it tight, like five minutes, and it was five minutes of fun. Um, but uh, Lance McCuller said, "You know, we have a lot of thing, in, a lot of things in common with Lance. We share the same first name. Not a lot of people named Lance out there. Um, of course, we shared wearing the Astro uniform. Yeah. And then both their wives are named Kara. And so uh. he was. I think Lance. I know Lance was trying to say we share our wives share the same first name. But the way it came out was we share our wives."
3: <laughs> That's a different kind of. An yes, opinion. it came. Yeah, out, it came
2: out in a way that made them sound like swingers, Yeah. And it was, yeah. <laughs> it, which made it even funnier. So yeah, which uh,
3: I'm you know, like, uh, I know Lance Berkman would would likely frown upon that uh, if that were the yeah. right, he's right, a, right.
2: He's, he's he's definitely not. I think, uh, I think uh, Lance yeah. McCullers might too. He did uh, like a semi. He might have done the official invocation last night. Like at one point. Oh, did he, re- did he do the prayer? During the introduction. Or did a prayer? I, it, was one, it was something where, like, I'm in the middle of it. I'm like, I think this is the invocation. Because mm-hmm. they, they never did have somebody of the cloth come up yeah. and do an uh, official invocation. And I turned to Amy and everybody at our table. I'm like, I think Lance just did the invocation, which I'm fine with. But it was uh, you know, a little unorthodox. So, so I say all that to say that I think both Lance's would have frowned upon what his faux pas was implying there. Yeah, you know, yeah. swapping of spouses and whatnot. <laughs> um, I will say this too, Seth. You'll be sad to know. Yeah, your friend Ronald McDonald.
3: Yeah, looked well, lost was, without you.
2: Was he? He's like looking around for the big sweaty <laughs> he guy. Was, he was looking around for you. Where's yeah. Seth? He was there. Um, they did not do, at least that I saw. Maybe it gets put into the final product in post production. There was not a Ronald McDonald interview like you've done the last several years. No. What? Well, no, they retired it. Nobody can do it better than you. Nobody gets to the heart of the... Tough issues they, with Ronald McDonald, quite like you what if do. So. Was a,
3: what if there is some kind of miscommunication and like people thought that I was insisting on doing the Ronald McDonald interview? And now and that's retired. why I wasn't invited back this year. I should have been like, spreading Listen, that. Listen, we just can't have Seth here doing his Ronald. Dude, Dude we can't have Seth here oh. demanding the Ronald McDonald interview anymore. We gotta just, we gotta cut that I out. I had
2: a perfect opportunity to do that too because I went on with um, Vandy and Cecil. We're doing Texans Radio from right there, like in the bar area where yeah. everybody was. And that's where Ronald, Ronald was hanging out there, taking pictures and talking to people, looking very sad because Seth wasn't there. I could have done that right then and there. I'm like, do you see Ronald over there? And they would have yeah. been like, yeah. And I would have said, yeah, he's not going to get an interview tonight. Seth pulled the plug on it.
3: Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Make me the bad guy. Right. Okay. No, had. I had the, the plug pulled on me in my version of this story. <laughs> <Okay. Yeah.
2: laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, all in all, a great night. Kudos to uh, the Harris County Houston Sports Authority, Daniel Gotera, who was the executive producer of the whole thing. It uh, came off really well. It looked spectacular. Like it, w- it looked really, really good. It was at 713 Music Hall. It was great. And it'll be, they'll be broadcasting it at some point. Um, if you go to HoustonSportsAwards.org, I'm sure they've got that information there. All right, um, off and running. Again, happy Mikoversary, everybody. We'll celebrate it at 7 o'clock today. Um, we got some great news yesterday afternoon, early evening. If you're somebody who wants continuity in the building for the Houston Texans, yesterday was a phenomenal day.
1: So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
2: Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. All right, we got some great news yesterday, in my opinion. If you're somebody who wants continuity in 2024, if you're somebody who liked what you saw offensively this year, but you think there's still some room to grow, I liked it. I liked it. Um,
3: but I thought there was room to grow.
2: There's room to grow. Uh, Bobby Slowick, Gerard Johnson will both be back in 2024. Um, they both signed new contracts with raises uh, with within the. Well, I don't know when Gerard's was, but the first report I saw on Bobby Slowick was either Ian Rapaport or Adam Schefter, one of the two. Uh, or maybe Pelicero, who i apologies i can't remember which newsbreaker it was said that he signed a new deal a few days ago um hmm. so so that's been kind of kept Bobby under Sloan wraps did. Bobby Slowick did sorry yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Bobby yeah, Slowik
3: Johnson was still interviewing uh he yesterday was. so yeah yep
2: yep so there the bottom line is both will be back uh both got raises so i think that i think that's relevant cuz it shows the texans ownership cal mcnair willing to continue to invest in the team in ways that are not salary cap related. You know, these are areas that there is no limit on spending for coaches and spending for facilities and spending yes. on those things. And, yes. and, and Cal McNair has shown a, a uh, just a, a great willingness to give the coaches and the staff, whatever it is they need to be successful, including Happy offensive coordinators and quarterback coaches.
3: He's currently paying three head coaches, Yes, uh, Cal Cal and Hannah are. So, like, Cal and Hannah have no issue paying three head coaches, two of whom aren't currently employed for the Texans. They're, like, dead money that doesn't count against the cap they're cool with, which is, uh, like, I mean, it's nothing you want to brag about or have being a a constant thing, obviously, but that is one. I I think one difference between Cal and his father that people underestimated – um, when Cal took over, was that he's I, I, he's much I don't want to say looser. Um, he's going to be much more aggressive on spending the th- spending on the things that might help you win games, but don't count against cap. So the the dietitian stuff, uh, the dietary stuff, the the weight room, um, that virtual walkthrough that I haven't heard as much about lately. But frankly, a lot of the stuff that Jack Easterby wanted to do, Jack Easterby kind of had a carte blanche to do. A bunch of stuff that ended up being good stuff. Yeah, like Jackie Easterby himself had some issues, but he did provide some good programs and some good structure to the program that some owners wouldn't have been willing to pay
2: for. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and, and Cal's been willing to do that, and he was willing to to make sure Bobby Sloick and Gerard Johnson were appropriately compensated.
3: When you uh, when you first said that they that Gerard Johnson and Bobby Sloick signed with raises. I thought you said razors and in my mind immediately I thought it was some kind of blood oath. Oh it was like a blood in, blood out or something. Yeah. I didn't know like
2: I would have said it's like a razor cut like Harry's razors. They signed a deal to come back to the Texans and in the process they will be endorsing Acme razors. (laughs) Good job. Hey, hey, we we can't give you a raise, but we're gonna give you this endorsement of this product over here. Um, uh, I
3: would say so with Bobby Slowick, and I know that there's still people out there that were frustrated with Bobby Slowick this year because a the growing pains, or b just they didn't like some of his decision making, his insistence on running the ball, all of that. Um, I would say the the first part is just the results that you had with C.J. Stroud and Bobby Slowick and Gerard Johnson as his coaches, as his main his main two coaches. You know, Bill Lasers in there too. Yep. Um, like just look at the results. CJ led the NFL in passing yards per game and t- and touchdowns to interception ratio. Those two things that only Joe Montana and Tom yeah. Brady have ever done. In yeah, the that's not a rookie
2: season. thing. That's a he led the league thing. Yeah,
3: yeah. They, and those guys didn't do it as rookies. They did it yeah. when they were in the peaks of their career. <laughs> yes, yes. You know, and he and he was fourth in the NFL in the most passes of twenty plus yards. There was an explosivity to this passing game, and yet he wasn't throwing interceptions. It's freaky, weird stuff for a rookie to be able to pull that off. The Lions' share of the credit is always going to go to the quarterback, as it should, but the big part about Bobby Slowick and this system is that it's very, very possible that in other systems and with other offensive coordinators, CJ wouldn't have shown the amount of growth that he did and the maturity he did, because this system, it, like... Those reads, him making it to the third read and the progression, all that stuff, it's all tied to your footwork. I mean, there's some classic West Coast elements to this offense that Bobby Sloak did a really good job of drilling the basics into C.J. Stroud, and C.J. just adapted to it like a prodigy. And I, like I whatever you think about Gerard Johnson or Bobby Sloak or anything else, I think keeping that structure in place for at least one more year was going to be really, really important because CJ, CJ was the first guy to say at the end of the season, "Look, I'm still a rookie. I've got a lot to learn. I've got, you know, he's got to learn pass protection a lot better. Like that's a that's something that you can't like. It's advanced stuff to be able to handle the pass protection and then do all the mental stuff that he's doing right now. And there's just no way you can cram all that into a rookie season. This this off season, he's going to be able to work with Bobby Slowick and draw Johnson uninterrupted on." becoming better at pa- understanding pass protection, you know, picking up tells on blitzes, all that little
2: stuff. Yeah. Boy, you lay it out that way, and you're right. Like, CJ, like you talk about coming into a rookie season, and there's, you know, you've been doing the combine, you've been doing all the draft stuff, and you're coming in, and now you're you're swimming mentally because you're learning a new offense, and you're getting to know your, your teammates and your staff and everything like that. This should put them – in the H O V lane to getting to that ceiling for this offense, because it's one less thing. There won't be any there, there won't be any getting acquainted with anybody. Period. For C yeah. J. Stroud, like you are, boom. Like you are hitting the ground running when it comes time for him to get back in the building.
3: Which and, and the reason that's important too, because I'll point out some of the negatives of Bobby Slowick from this year, mm-hmm. which is easy partly because Bobby Slowick himself has has listed them at times. You know, he's been very open and honest about his growing pains as uh, a play caller. I think one initially was just trying to install too much all at once. We saw that in the first game versus the Ravens where they just were, they they just couldn't tell their forehead from their butts uh, because there was so much going on before the snap. And they fixed that very quickly. Um, The biggest thing that they really need to watch out for, because this isn't just a first year of the system It it happens every year with every team, is that you they've got to do a better job of identifying and assessing who they actually have on the roster and what their strengths are because they wasted way too much time trying to fit the square peg that is Damian Pierce into the round hole that is the zone running scheme. And you know Damian will be the first one to tell you that that he just he just did not it did not click with him this year and he's got to figure that out in the offseason but they can't they can't waste an entire half season trying to force that issue they no. got to figure that out in the offseason
2: no and it's it and it was really strange too you know it's not like he was a brand new staff you know sometimes there's a tendency like if if you were the one that drafted him or you were the one that brought him into the yeah. league there's a sense of loyalty there they had an odd sense of loyalty to Damian Pierce for a guy who was not their you know quote unquote their guy i'm i'm 100% with you on that that's the one thing Bobby Slowick, yeah, they got to get the run game going. I think the other the other criticism I would have of Bobby Slowick is I thought there were just certain points in the year where he just got a little too cute for his own good, especially yeah, down yeah. in the red zone, down in the deep part of the red zone. You know, shovel passes. You know, just just certain ty- certain plays where I'm going. Wait, the, just you, you got C.J. Stroud. <laughs> you know, just,
3: well, you know what I, you know what worries me about that is. I, you know, I think on the one hand, you figure, okay, maybe he was just being realistic and knew that that offensive line wasn't going to be able to move people down there. That it, it, you know, in the red zone or in the on the goal line. But the the thing that worries me though is that to run that many gadget plays means you got to practice that many gadget plays, <laughs> and yes. that's like it I takes up a that. lot of time. Yeah. The the magic of the gadget, one of the advantages of running gadget plays is that it forces the defense that week the defense that you're going to be playing that week to address that in practice they got to spend their practice time being like all right listen we got to go over this stuff and be sure we're we're square on responsibilities and everything but but when you start practicing 10 gadget plays yourself you're kind of you're negating that benefit. Yeah. That, that defense isn't going to practice any more versus the gadget stuff. They're just going to address the fact that you have gadget plays and how important the discipline is at various yeah,
2: times. Yeah, yeah. Bobby, we're burning daylight here on this yeah. triple it's, flea yeah. flicker reverse. Let's go, let's yeah. go. Um, So so Bobby Slowick, Gerard Johnson will both be back, and I think overall that's a really good thing. What's interesting is that – and I know John McClain – said this quite a bit throughout this process. He was adamant about this from the get-go is that Bobby Sloak would be back because he needs another year of seasoning. I don't know if ultimately that's how Bobby Slowick felt about things. Who knows? Maybe we were, I mean we're down to two jobs. It could very well be that he could read the tea leaves and go, okay, I don't think I'm getting Washington or Seattle. Let's sign this extension and come back and let's roll in twenty twenty four. We don't know the, the the you know the particulars of, of Bobby Slowick coming back. I'm just glad he's back. The comparison that a lot of people made, Seth, was Ben Johnson last year when Ben Johnson, in the in the head coaching cycle a year ago, yeah. did a couple interviews, including the Texans, and then decided early on to go back to Detroit. And I think the presumption was, the assumption was, that Ben Johnson would be a head coach this go round. That's not happening. Ben Johnson, this happened, this is interesting, because this, this news came down before the Bobby Slowick news came down. So who knows, maybe Washington was letting a bunch of people know yesterday what direction they were going, including Ben Johnson, and he maybe wasn't getting the job, because Ben Johnson, the O.C. in Detroit, is staying in Detroit for another year this year. Here was Ian Rappaport yesterday from the NFL Network.
4: Fascinating decision by Ben Johnson, and I would say, you know, if he wants to win the Super Bowl, Detroit is loaded, they're going to be loaded again next year, that is a great spot to do it, and, you know, always a chance he can win a Super Bowl as a head coach, but... This is a good opportunity for him stay there. He was richly compensated for his decision uh, last year, similar decision this year. And I think, you know, just be frank, I think it's before the coaching church, everyone assumed, all right, he's definitely getting a head coaching job. He's the leading candidate here. He's the leading candidate there. One thing that I've been saying and you have been saying as well is the commanders were far more open than it seemed. This was not just Ben Johnson's job. They have been a wide-ranging church. It is Still ongoing, as is the Seattle Seahawks. And, you know, for for Ben Johnson to know, instead of saying, you know, what, let's wait and see what happens, do I get it, do I not? He has a great chance. He has a great life. He is an excellent, excellent offensive coordinator who's going to have an opportunity next year, Tom. The fact that he pulls out now guarantees he is not going to get a head coaching job this year. But it's certainly, much like the Lions window is now open Ben Johnson's coaching window is open as well.
2: Yeah, so these are very similar in my mindset. The Slowick yeah, yeah. and Ben Johnson things, I, I think they're very they're, they're very similar, and that both guys can say, oh, "I'm going back to try to win a Super Bowl." You know, these are two two teams that are going to be in. Well, in the,
3: okay, yeah, and let's be clear though too. Like Washington didn't offer Ben Johnson a job. He, he, well, like, they, this is like it's being framed like, uh, like, hey, pull them. Say, yeah, no, <laughs> no, and
2: that's where I'm going with this yeah. is that I think both guys, Ben Johnson and Bobby Slowick, could say, "No, I'm going back because we're going to make a run at it next year, and I'm excited to go back." There's probably not a coincidence either that both Ben Johnson and Bobby Slowick are both making these, not announcements, but leaking the reports to newsbreakers that they're going back to their respective teams. My guess is that Washington was probably giving strong indications as to what direction they were going, and it wasn't either of the two of them.
3: They were When Ben Johnson made the announcement, the Washington Brass was on their way to Detroit not to specifically offer Ben Johnson the job, but to interview both him and Aaron Glenn, the defensive coordinator. So um, are you going to make me do this? Am I going to have to do it myself? Am I going to have to credit Seth Payne with uh, telling everybody, like, hold on a second. It's not – this is crazy that people just assume that Ben Johnson's going to Washington. And it was really starting to annoy me how people were acting like it was a – what's the French word you guys like to use? Fait accompli. Fait accompli.
2: Oh. Mission accomplished. Yeah. That's,
3: yeah. You, listen, everybody. You can't. You can't trust these nugget hussies. They just God. They're so desperate to look like they have the inside edge on something, and they just flat out don't most of the time. Until an agent or uh, the, an executive leaks what they want out there publicly already, they don't have squat. So all this nonsense about oh, Ben Johnson's almost definitely going to be the guy in Washington.
2: Never listen to him ever, uh-huh. ever. Well. You better get your mind right because you're stuck with somebody who believes the Nugget Hussies is your co host. Okay, it's going to be this way for a long, long time.
3: (laughs) No, but seriously, Sean. Like, Sean, you spent the last week just being like, I mean, it looks like it's pretty much a given. Yeah, I know. Like, I. You can't – how can you allow yourself to keep getting burned I don't know. By I'm just going to
2: tell you it's going to keep happening, just so you know. I, it's, I'm, I'm giving you a warning right now. It's going to keep <laughs> happening, okay? Um, what do you think about this? Shefter, I'll try my best, Seth, I promise. Uh, according to Adam Schefter, Ben Johnson was not – this is a quote – Ben Johnson was not the head coaching lock, people thought, um, other than Seth C. Payne. Uh, he didn't say that. And this part I, I thought was interesting. His asking price spooked some teams. Hmm. What do we think Ben Johnson is going in there and asking for? Is Ben Johnson going in there asking for Sean Payton money or something? I, I wonder if he's
3: the kind of guy that in his heart knows that he he, he might really prefer being a coordinator, and because they're, <laughs> yeah. they're different jobs, yeah. yeah. Like, and he's just kind of like, okay, I've got to probably I could make I could make several million dollars per year for a long, long time, which is awesome, awesome money, and I can keep that in perspective, and I enjoy being a coordinator, but. If I get this absurd amount of money, then I'm, I'm going to take
2: it. I'll tell you an ancillary benefit of being the OC where he is right now, and we learned this in the NFC title game. He, by and large, is never going to take the hits after a game. Right? He, Dan Campbell is like Uncle Junior on The Sopranos. He's there to take the hits from the feds. Yeah. And meanwhile, Tony, Ben Johnson, is free to run the, run the family his way without any and, criticism.
3: And I'll tell you real quick, like yeah. if Dan Campbell wanted to flame Ben Johnson after that game – You know who had the absolute worst short yardage run defense in the league last year? The Niners. The San San Francisco 49ers. Dead last. They allowed, when it was third, uh, when it was three yards or less to get a first down, they allowed a greater than 70% conversion rate. The Lions, who were running all over the 49ers in that game, on both those fourth down conversions, chose pass. Yep. And it was, uh, it was a very curious decision. Like that, that reeks of, I'm clever. (laughs) uh, Running the ball is fine, but chicks dig the pass. And all
2: anybody can talk about is the decision to go for it, not the play that was called.
3: Yeah, you know, the, so t- the chance of converting via the run versus the 49ers was far, far greater than the chance of that field goal kicker kicking a 45 yard field goal. Yeah. That guy's 50% from 40 yards. Like it just, and not to mention all the other, you know, analytical. <laughs> that was analytics that you could, that a sixth grader could do, yep. frankly. Yep. That's why I'm getting so angry that people are framing it as an analytics discussion. Yeah. No, it's a basic math. It's still like a, a sixth
2: grader could do it in 1943. All right. Top of the hour. We are celebrating Mikoversary. The one year anniversary of the hiring of D'Amico Ryan's Um, up next headlines. We'll dig back into the coaching carousel in the NFL. Big day for CJ Stroud yesterday as
5: well. You are listening to pain and Pendergast. This episode is brought to you by progressive insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too. With the name, your price tool from progressive. It works just the way it sounds.
3: Medella, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward.
1: You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medella is your reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois.
2: Live from the Twin Peak Studios. Sports Radio Six Ten presents. Payne and Pendergast with today's headlines. All right, let's get to the headlines. We just dug into it in the previous segment, but some of you just getting in your car. Some of you may not even know this. You were doing things last night. You turned off your push notifications. Good news if you're a Texan fan. I think it's good news. Seth thinks it's good news. Bobby Slowick and Gerard Johnson, OC and quarterback coach, will both be back in 2024. They've both signed revised deals to make a little more money and to coach CJ Stroud for another season in uh in 2024. So continuity, continuity reigns today Seth Payne. Continuity in the in the building, continuity. Yeah. Head coach, OC, QB coach, QB himself, all the same coming back into the building in 2024.
3: Yeah, I wonder too. This is where okay, I, I, the Texans perhaps took advantage of this trend of uh like teams being very very thorough in hiring coaches. Because, okay, the, like Washington and Seattle, they're dragging this out. And I shouldn't say dragging it out. I think it's good that they're interviewing a bunch of people. Um, but in doing so, Bobby Sloak and Dra Johnson – well, and Drodd Johnson is obviously interviewing at a lot of other places. But because the head coaching hires were a little bit later and then other people have to be fulfilled in, you, you, like the process is not as accelerated. It gives time for the Texans to kind of say, like, all right, I know you guys are out there interviewing, but um, – you know would you rather have a bird in the hand which is this nice big juicy raise right now or uh, you know the potential of a job down the line and maybe they don't actually feel all that great about that job on down the line so uh, it's a it's a good I, I don't want to call it a compromise um, it's just a good it, it it's a good incentive for them to stay and be a part of something that I think they all probably feel is is pretty good and maybe next year they become the guy that snapped up right away
2: yeah maybe i and that's and that's where i wanted to go with this for a second here as we're talking about this in headlines is there there's it seems like and i'll just keep it focused on slowick because the you know the head coaching vacancies are the you know those are the big things um there seems to be just the feeling like well he took his name out this time and he got a raise he, he's for sure getting a head coaching job next time around and I, I guess i would say like it's not always guaranteed you know it's not um we don't know how close Bobby Slowick came to getting any of these jobs. We know he got second interviews with a lot of them. We don't know how many jobs there's gonna be next yeah. year as well. Um, that matters you know supply and demand that sort of thing so I it's it's never as easy as just like well he took his name out this time and I'll look I'll put Ben Johnson the OC for the Lions in 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 that conversation he was he what Bobby Slowick is now Ben Johnson was a year ago. Which is he took his name out, really smart. Come back and call plays for another year, and then you'll be the top candidate on the market. For whatever reason, Ben Johnson is going back to Detroit for 2024 for the second time now in a couple of years. Um, so, so it's not always that easy. But I, I mean, I do think Bobby Slow is going to be a top candidate next year. But I don't, I don't think we just take out our pen and wait for what job comes open to write in ink this time next year. You know, a lot, a lot can happen. But with C.J. Stroud, I will say this. With C.J. Stroud as your quarterback, provided health and everything like that, um, should be just as good or better offensively next year, I would imagine, for the Houston Texans. Speaking of C.J. Stroud, he was named to the Pro Bowl yesterday. thought that was pretty cool. Like when you see the tweet, like C.J. Stroud will be playing in the 2024 Pro Bowl games. And I'm like, yeah, C.J., as a rookie, that's badass. Good job. Good job getting there as a rookie. And then five minutes later, there's this reminder that oh yeah that's right a bunch of quarterbacks drop out every year because five minutes later tweet from Adam Schefter Gardner Minshew has been named to the 2024 Pro Bowl games I'm like all right good well, job
3: Gardner Minshew yeah I
2: guess good job Gardner Minshew way to go probably not even the uh, starting quarterback for your team next year the but.
3: the Pro Bowl I, the Pro Bowl is one of those things that uh, like every single year uh, like it's you just can't you can't depend on it as uh, validation. I mean, like, if you if if your favorite player gets jolted, it doesn't mean that even the league thinks he's not that good or anything. Um, it's just one of those weird popularity contests. And like, the majority of the guys that are there are pretty damn good, but it's not a perfect gauge, obviously, of uh, everybody in the league. I'm wondering so how- it's, a, it's a nice it's it's nice it's really nice that CJ is recognized at that level. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. I'm like I'm wondering how far down the list they had to go to get to Gardner Minshew because the starters they named three not starters but they named three quarterbacks yeah. to the pro bowl and it was Mahomes, Tua and Lamar Jackson. Obviously Mahomes is occupied this week. Um I know Josh Allen was next and then CJ was after that. So CJ was fifth on the board overall. Um was I guess Gardner Minshew might have been sixth. I'm kind of going through the AFC in my head. There were so many injuries, Seth. That's the thing. Like yeah. normally you go, "Oh, Joe Burrow." Like he he would be on that. Oh no, no, he got hurt halfway through the season, you know. Um, the Jets were a mess. The Patriots were a mess. The Browns were a mess at quarterback, at least. Um, the Steelers were a mess at quarterback. Gardner Minshew might have been the sixth best quarterback in the AFC this year. Trevor, yeah, they, Trevor uh, Lawrence, maybe, but he's he's all yeah. banged up, you know. So. But,
3: uh, like, aside from all that, if you're wondering, okay, what does this mean? There is no Pro Bowl game anymore, but they have the Pro Bowl game Yeah. That's yeah. right. They don't. They don't yeah. screw you with just one game. They give you games. Yeah. So on Thursday, mm-hmm. February 1st, from 7 to 8:30 p.m. Eastern. That's, that's so 6 tomorrow. 7:30. To um, is it? Yeah. Oh gosh, that is tomorrow, it's tomorrow. already. Tomorrow. Yeah. The first five skill competitions, including quarterbacks participating in precision passing and <sighs> a dodgeball game featuring all positions. Okay. Okay. I don't like I don't like the dodgeball. Well, I don't want there. Will
2: or CJ playing in the dodgeball game at all or Laramie for that matter. So the Texans yeah. have three guys going to this thing now. Um I okay. There's a quarterback precision contest. Is it weird that I am exceedingly emotionally invested in this right now that you tell me this that I want CJ Stroud to win that thing?
3: No, I like that. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a that's the kind of stuff that you are watch on YouTube 30 years from now. Yeah. <laughs> or or whatever takes YouTube's place yes. by then. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I
2: will place a severe disproportionate amount of importance on this janky backyard contest tomorrow. For that C. is J. the Stroud. one I
3: think that is actually the one that people probably look at and most feel like, Oh yeah, this this is this is reflective of my guy being better than everybody else. Does it else. have
2: all the moving targets and things like that, do you think? Probably. Yeah. They know oh, what's man. good for them. Oh, do you want to have a watch party Yeah, like for a guy it? with
3: a golf cart yeah. the, with a target on it as he's driving Where around. Where are
2: you getting together with people to watch this tomorrow, Seth, for the watch party, for the Probably CJ church? church. <laughs> in honor of CJ, yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, Houston Sports Awards last night, sticking with CJ Stroud. It was a big day for CJ yesterday. The Houston Sports Awards last night were a celebration of Stroud. CJ Stroud named Newcomer of the Year in the Houston sports scene. Athlete of the Year, which is the big award. That's the one they give out at the end. And he and Will Anderson were both part of the moment of the year, which was the night the two of them were drafted within about 10 minutes of each other. Lance Berkman, Cynthia Cooper, Warren Moon, all inducted into the Houston Sports Hall of Fame. Seth, overall, two thumbs up. It was a nice event last night over at 713 Music Hall.
3: Yeah, it so, uh, and it's uh, nice that uh, look, CJ CJ collected all those awards. Who had the best speech of the evening?
2: Um, Cynthia Cooper was really good. Um, yeah, she, going into the Hall of Fame, she was excellent. Cynthia, the, of the ones that I saw, Amy and I left. Um, we left with about we left with two awards to go, so we didn't see Warren Moon go into the Hall of Fame, and we didn't see the announcement of Athlete of the Year. We had to get out of there before the valet traffic. But uh, Cynthia Cooper and Lance Berkman were both excellent uh, with their Hall of Fame speeches. Yeah, nice and tight, three, four, five minutes long, nothing extended. Um, both were very funny. And at the same time, very appreciative, um, and again, self-deprecating too. I think I think mixing in the perfect sprinkling of self-deprecation in your speech makes you a uh, makes you it endears you to the crowd. So they were both excellent. They were both really really good. Uh, no Ronald McDonald interview yesterday that tradition has been uh has been apparently Nick if Seth Payne can't interview Ronald McDonald nobody's interviewing Ronald McDonald
3: I feel bad just because you you apparently actually really looked forward to that every year I love I, uh, it it's I, a
2: great photo opportunity
3: I always forget that I would even do it and then you would you would just start asking me about it like three months ahead of time. I
2: miss it I miss it um but the
3: way, uh, so cool. first per, first person I interviewed in person after covid was Ronald <laughs> that's McDonald right.
2: that's right he holds a special place in our that's how,
3: much I, that's how much I trust McDonald's. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. I, I wanted to hear you ask him about the double Big Mac that they've got going on right now. Um, ben Johnson, uh, O.C. for the Lions. He's going back to Detroit. Arthur Smith, Seth. Arthur Smith, Yeah. who completely misused B. John Robinson at times this year. He's the new O.C. in Pittsburgh for the Pittsburgh mm-hmm. Steelers.
3: I think that uh, it, it's funny. The, Tennessee going back to... Oh, the head coach who's the former tight end in the NFL. That Mike was, Malarkey? Uh, Mike Malarkey. Remember, he had, uh, he'd had used the term exotic smash mouth yeah. in describing what style of football they wanted to play. I, I, I'm pretty sure the roots of that were back in Pittsburgh. And kind of Arthur Smith kind of, in a lot of ways, was doing some of the same similar things that, that, that exotic smash mouth was supposed to be. You, you know, a lot of just smash mouth football married up to uh, the play action and all of that and I think I think he'll be a good fit with Pittsburgh and what they traditionally are and want to be yeah. um, and then it's just a matter of okay adapting a little bit I, I don't know he's he, look he, people loved him as an offensive coordinator in Tennessee yep. and he he might just be this classic guy of that he's meant to be an offensive coordinator. And this is why, I don't know, I see a lot of people mocking this move, acting yeah. like, "Huh, Arthur Smith, you idiots. No, yeah, you know who people mocked as a head coach? Dick LeBeau. Yeah. And then Dick LeBeau went on to be defensive coordinator in Pittsburgh for like 15 years, and they they perennially had the best defenses in the league. If
2: he turns the Pittsburgh offense into what he had in Tennessee, you know, where it's yeah. uh, Tannehill on play action, if he does the same thing with Kenny Pickett and Najee Harris and uh, the running back and the, the – the, uh, uh, the Jalen kid there, the kid they drafted, the rookie at running back. It, it, you know, they, there's, there's some opportunities, and they've got good wide right. receivers and a good tight end. I, you know, there, There's pieces there in Pittsburgh. Hey,
3: uh, real quick. Yeah. I know we're in headlines. Yeah. Guy makes a great point. The free agency recruiting that these guys can do during the Pro Bowl. Oh. So CJ, oh, Will Anderson, and Laramie Tunstall. Oh, look Tunsell. the hell yeah. out. Yeah, those are three that's good big. salespeople too right there. Yeah, that's there. really big. All okay, with different good.
2: social styles. You know, like, hey, if you need a high-energy guy – Send Will Anderson over to him. If you need a guy who's a little more understated, Laramie yeah. or CJ. I like this. That's
3: more vital than ever that CJ just dominates the skills competition. Yes. Just to have some of those skill players get a good look at the goods. You yeah. could be
2: that target on wheels over there, okay? Mm-hmm. Free agent wide receiver Mike Evans. How's that sound? All right. Um, Payne and Pendergast with you on a Wednesday. John McClain joins us in the 8 o'clock hour. Um, it's Mikoversary today. I have one voicemail message saved on my phone. And I'm going to play it for you in the next segment. It was the voicemail message that changed the trajectory of the Houston Texans. That is next.
1: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe.